Welcome to the Bonner Breakdown. The Bonner Breakdown is here for conversation, connection, and to find things to celebrate. So get your glass, cup, or mug ready as we celebrate with a cheers to the good report. In today's episode, we have Steve Johnson, who is running for District 1 Bonner County Commissioner. We discuss the changes in Bonner County over the years, his drive to run for commissioner, and what he wants to see happen in the future. You can find out more about this podcast at bonnerbreakdown.com. You can also support this program and get access to our host's afterthoughts from this episode on patreon.com slash bonnerbreakdown. We hope that you enjoy today's conversation. All right, welcome to the Bonner Breakdown. Uh, I'm here today with Steve Johnson. Steve, it's nice to have you on the program. Thanks for coming on. Yes, well, thanks for having me. Yeah, awesome. So um, we um, are always looking for guests, and of course you're running for county commissioner um, in the fall coming up here in the yes, next couple three, of months. less than three months. Yeah, so uh, thanks for reaching out and coming on. I, I appreciate that. Thank um, you. Looking forward to our conversation today, but we always start off. Uh, we do two things. We always tell what is a good report, if a good report that you have, and then we'll give a little cheers to it, right? Like, well, okay. let's celebrate the good report, okay? Good. So we'll do that. Um, do you have any good good report? I know we talked a little bit earlier. What, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I've actually uh, been thinking I've got two good ones. <laughs> One is local and will be a little shorter. Uh, Lenny was an inspiration for a thing we call the help shed at the uh-huh. little business yes. that we have in Ponderay. Yeah. And uh, we had a couple pull up with a couple little kids, and they had Saks groceries. And they said they had got their first stimulus check, uh-huh. and they were both working, but they knew a lot of people weren't. So they spent part of their stimulus check, that $1,200, wow. uh, on groceries and brought them to the help shed. So Come on. That was local people doing what, what we like. Yeah. Come on, that's second, awesome. <laughs> and the second one is more on a national is on a national level. I'm not sure where, but a an officer uh, was next to the railroad tracks and saw a man in a wheelchair stuck trying to cross the tracks. Uh, saw that there was a train approaching, jumped out of her car, ran over to him, tried to get him in the wheelchair, but I'm not sure if she got the wheelchair out of the way, but she got him off off the tracks before the train came. So wild. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's so awesome. That's so awesome. It's it's good when you have um, you have people willing to willing to do whatever it takes to help. And you know, that, whether and it's that's groceries often, that's or dragging somebody. Yeah, more often than than we sometimes think. Yeah, 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 I'd agree. I'd agree. My good report is I've got two older kids. They're 23, 21 years old. And they are both finally married. They both got married. I just got back from a giant trip and uh, we did this big, huge trip around and uh, they ended up, uh, you know, all both of them getting married in a month. So pretty wild. My son just got married. We went down to Bend for that. So uh, his name's Spencer. Congratulations, Spencer. Congratulations, Bailey. She got married the month prior. So yeah, two older kids married. Congratulations to the new spouses. Yes, 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 yes. So we just say cheers. Yes. Cheers to the good report. All right. (laughs) Like I say, it always, always tastes better together. All right, let's yeah. celebrate celebrating the good report. So yeah. and I think it's awesome that some people brought over some groceries, um, you know, and I think a lot of people who've been in need, they're more aware. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 How long have you been doing that over at the Help Shed? Uh, this is our fourth year. Uh-huh. 
What kind of what kind of made you? Oh, excuse do me, that? not the help shed. Oh, okay. we've been doing the the shed business, this, selling these okay. storage sheds for four years. Uh-huh. But the help shed just happened last fall, I uh-huh. believe. It uh-huh. actually was in place before the virus started. Right. Yeah. Uh, you might have to help me on the when that was mainly it, was it like seems March. like it was in March. Mm-hmm. Seems like yeah. So it was in place before that and being used, but especially when the virus came, mm-hmm. then we got these wonderful people. Uh, lots of wonderful people, but one of the most wonderful people is a group of ladies from the Methodist Church, mm. and they're the ones that do the uh, meal mm-hmm. once a week when okay. the church is open. But yeah. now that the church is not open, then they bring their meals and their sack lunches. Wow! Every Thursday. In fact, today was so the day. great. Yeah, that's so great. That's so great. And you know, if people want to go back, you can. Uh, look, I do have an episode with Lenny. Oh, uh, right at the beginning of COVID's lockdown, and we did it over phone. Oh, um, and so it's a Zoom call that we did, and and so you can check that out. It was good. Um, and so you've been doing the gig. Give us a little history. Give us a little background. Kind of where are you from? When did you come to Idaho? Are you from Idaho? What's your what's kind of what's so, your story? Uh, my family and I moved to Idaho when I was eight years old. Wow. So that's been 62 years ago. Okay. In 1957. <laughs> Mom and Dad bought the 80 acres with buildings uh, for $3,700. Wow. Total. Um, there was probably twice that much timber on the place. Uh, we're at the end of Beers Humbird Road. Okay. So I grew up there and my three brothers. And, uh, and Mom and Dad passed away some time ago and... My three brothers and I want to keep it as one unit, so uh-huh. we've agreed to how we want to do it and not want to divide it up. So, uh, yeah, so we raised, uh, had a little, we've got a little herd of uh, beef cattle, and we've had lots of different critters on the place. The kids were all in 4-H, and uh, and now the grandkids. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. And then Marguerite and That's I... Awesome. Uh, uh, let's see, went to grade school together at Coquilala at Southside Elementary, graduated from high school together, uh, had our four, four kids, uh, the oldest three, we were living in Oregon for a few years and, and we, uh, went through the state of Oregon and, mm. uh, adopted our oldest three at the okay. same time. They were, they were one, two and three years old at the time. Wow. And came back home. And helped her parents and my parents and started uh, our teaching careers. Okay. So between the two of us, we've taught uh, about 75 years, most of that. <laughs> Come on. Most of that, yeah, 42 years for me and not quite so much for her. Okay. But, uh, yeah, uh, I was 20 years plus at the elementary and then 22 years at the uh, alternative high school. Okay. Here in San Paul. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So when did you retire from teaching? Uh, retired a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the case, though, you know? <laughs> yeah, the first time's been almost uh, 10 years ago from the Alternative High School. And then uh, it's really a good place for a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But some people have sort of a, not an understanding of maybe the type of kid that it really helps. Right. And uh, so they have a hard time getting substitute teachers. Oh, so okay. Then I wound up substituting okay. for quite a while so then right. i just last year was the first year i didn't substitute it okay all yeah. right well and so now it's kind of a weaning process yeah, yeah 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 and now everything's gonna look different right when <laughs> yeah. it comes to school so yeah that's great that's great what were some of the big um um big things that seemed to stand out to you over the years of teaching in this area 
um, that, you know, kind of make up the character of North Idaho. Like, you know, I think some people who are embedded in certain um, fields really get the feeling because you get to see people grow up, you get to see them graduate, you get to see, you know, you got go through that. And, and being a teacher in this area for so long, um, what were what are some some things that kind of strike you about the character of North Idaho? Well, I remember starting my first year was in at Sago Elementary teaching fifth grade in 1972. Hmm. And uh, I remember the first grade teacher, Dorothy Olive, saying, uh, the first time, if, if you stay in this very long, the first time that you have a kid that looks familiar and they say their name and, they, and then you say, do you know such and so? And they say, that's my dad. <laughs> then, then you know you've, then you know you've been there for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so my perspective is even a little different than a teacher because actually uh, I started at Southside Elementary in the third grade. Okay. And uh, things were quite a bit different in the winter. Everything was pretty. That was before the ski hill. Oh, okay. Before yeah, yeah. tourism really hit here. Mm-hmm. And so in the winter time, things were unemployment. If you qualified for unemployment, things were really difficult in the mm. winter time we lived out on the, like I say out on the farm and uh it seemed like everything was okay looking back you can see that most of the kids at least at Southside the rural, one of the rural schools wore what obviously looked like hand-me-downs I mean it mm-hmm. was a it was a thing I think with larger families yeah and not a steady paycheck all the time and uh, but there was a commonality that seemed mm. to, to be here. And uh, so that's what I remember. And then uh, as a teacher, I remember some of that same, some of that same, but like I say, in, when I started teaching in 72, the economy for the most part had improved quite a bit. Uh-huh. Land prices had come up, jobs were more available, wages okay. were higher. Uh, and so at least uh, materially, it seemed like there was an upswing in the, in the thing. Uh, I was an elementary principal for 10 years, and uh, it struck me as, uh, even more so than as a classroom teacher, quite a few of the kids were being raised by uh, their grandparents. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hmm. And it was a wonderful thing that there were grandparents there. Yeah. It seemed like sometimes Absolutely. the parents... Uh, were maybe more my age and in the 60s and 70s there was a lot of (laughs) quite a bit of upheaval I Mm -hmm. I think even more than now Hmm. and uh, some of the parents just were having a hard time being a parent I think so the grandparents quite a few of different grandparents were able to step up and yeah kind of help raise the kids so that's interesting that's interesting Um, so what are some of the big changes that you've seen, you know, I mean, you've been around here a long time. So, yeah. you know, you mentioned, you know, the seventies, right. um, what, what, when did you notice things maybe shifting or changing up here? Um, well, we were, we were gone five years in the Willamette Valley and that's when we oh, okay. wound up, uh, like adopting Salem, our three older children. Salem area. We were in, uh, outside of Eugene. Okay. Yeah. Marguerite actually finished up her, uh, degree in library science and, uh, I was teaching a little place called Cottage Grove that's right on I-5. Cottage Grove. I know Cottage Grove. I, I, my dad lives in Salem. So oh. <laughs> my, okay. my grandpa uh, was in Grants Pass. So uh-huh. we would make that I-5 trip uh-huh. through the Willamette Valley all the time. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Uh, 
So then we wanted to bring our kids, uh, our three little ones, back home. And so we moved back home, and I, uh, and I did notice, we'd, like I say, we'd been in Oregon, and I'd been teaching, and uh, we did notice that the education in Sandpoint was just like almost all education, dependent on the teachers. And even though the uh, pay wasn't as good, mm-hmm. uh, it seemed to me that the teachers were every bit as good. I mean, it was just, uh, yeah. uh, and I know that it takes money to run almost everything, including schools. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it has to do with the people who, who are in the, in the classroom leading mm-hmm. the learning and leading the discussions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see, what other changes? Um, like I say, materially, it seemed like things were, things were more. Improving. Right. right? And yeah. I forget exactly, I think maybe the ski hill came in when we were gone. Hmm. But I remember it was expanding, mm-hmm. Schweitzer, mm-hmm. and that seemed to make a big, that seemed to have a big impact. Yeah. It changed, it changed the winter. And then the machinery and the logging, I think, got bigger and bigger and was able to handle more and more snow. The only thing that uh, <laughs> the only thing that hadn't changed is uh, I've always lived on a county road. This particular road's called Beers Road, yeah, out, yeah. out uh, just before you get to Cocolala Lake. Yeah. And uh, in the spring, if the snow's plowed and there's no protection for the frost, it goes down in the on the dirt roads, and then in the spring it gets all mushy and muddy. Uh-huh. And City. so instead of calling it spring break, we used to. <laughs> We used to call it mud vacation, <laughs> and sometimes it would last for two, three, four weeks yeah. because the county roads, at that time, I think they were bringing probably between maybe a third of the students were the, out in the county, and if they couldn't get to school, if the school buses couldn't run, then there wasn't any reason to have school. So, so that was <laughs> so that parted that parted pretty much stayed the same. Yeah, yeah, good, good. So um, when you look at um, the, um, biggest changes recently, you know, big changes that you've seen up here recently, any that you would say were noticeable? Um, in the last few years, <laughs> pretty sure, recent, like decade. it seems yeah. like there's been more divisiveness mm. and more, uh, you need to look at things my way or I'm not even going to talk to you oh, rather yeah. than, rather than. Uh, in some cases, it seems like compromise has almost become a dirty word mm-hmm. or, or collaboration or cooperation. Mm-hmm. And that isn't the way that I was raised, and that isn't how it used to be here. Right. Yeah. Uh, and people, you know, certainly have a right to their ideas and to Absolutely. push their ideas. Yep. But then to have somebody that has a different idea, not to treat them with respect, uh, that's one of the things that I right. think... Uh, bothers me the most about some recent developments yeah 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 absolutely and you know it's it's interesting because oftentimes we choose not to have the conversation that actually would solve the problem yeah right exactly like oh there's a solution out there we just need to actually take the time to talk about it and figure that thing out um all right so you're running for county commissioner um tell me tell me kind of what's your what's your kind of driver why did you choose to do that now have you ever ran for office before i have i've uh-huh. run several times mm-hmm. um like i say this has been home since 1957 even though we were gone for a few years to oregon sure. it was it was still home yeah and so i actually uh marguerite i actually live on the farm that i was raised on there yeah. 
and uh, it's been home and and this divisiveness thing almost feels sometimes like an invasion of home. It's like people have come in and I know there have to be changes and there have to be new people sure. and most of the new people are great are just great. Yep. But it seems like there's a a number of them that uh, it's my way or the highway kind of thing and. We're either going to sue you, or we're going to blackball you, or we're going to do something if you don't see it our way. And so uh, that's been probably my main driver, that I don't like that, Mm. and I'd like to help unify and bring it back to where I think it should be. Okay. What does that look like? What does that look like? What do you, I mean... Uh, The first thing it looks like (laughs) is one government agency does not sue another. Uh, Mm. I just... I just don't believe that. Uh, uh, I don't think that the county should have sued the city and, mm-hmm. in effect, sue the the festival at Sandpoint. I think there was a lack of, in my opinion, good faith negotiation and what can we do different and how sure. would we arrive at a reasonable solution. Sure. Um, so that's one of the hot buttons for for me. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I think that's been a hot button on both sides for a lot of people. You know, I've, I've, uh, um, have the, you know, privilege of sitting down with, uh, the mayor's standpoint and all the County commissioners. Oh. I've talked with all of them on here and oh. we've had that conversation a few times and it's, it's, it is interesting that, um, um, that concept around, uh, whether or not there's good faith mm-hmm. on all sides. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone, doesn't think that they're like all sides don't agree that there's a good faith on all sides. And so someone's got to break that tie, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, like at some point somebody has got to break that tie if we're going to move forward. So um, that's good. So when you look at, um, at the role of County commissioner, what do you kind of see your role being? Uh, I think number one, it's a, it's more serious than cheerleader, but a cheerleader for the good that's happening in the County for law enforcement and for the first responders and mm-hmm. for the for the uh, and for the teachers and for the people that are uh, transitional housing for yeah. people that are are uh, their intentions are to make this a better place and mm-hmm. it's a beautiful place it's a paradise mm-hmm. but there's improvements that can be made mm-hmm. and those people and it seems like there's a lot of people working to make uh, make the improvements and I think commissioners and I know that there there are certain responsibilities, but then there's things you can do beyond the responsibilities. One thing I like about the head of uh, Road and Bridge, a guy named Steve Klatt that I went to yeah. high school with, he writes a weekly or a monthly, or he writes in the newspaper things that have been progress on the on the Road and Bridge department, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and sometimes he congratulates certain workers or foremen or something. So I think reaching out as a commissioner, uh, applauding the city for their uh, handing out all these mm-hmm. free masks. I mean, they handed out like 3,000 masks. The first time. <laughs> yeah. And they've done two of them. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, in the school district mm-hmm. for trying to come up with a... It, it just seems like there's a lot that can be done that's beyond the formal responsibilities of mm-hmm. a commissioner. And yeah. they are many. And, yep. that's, and that's how it should be. But I still think that there's those efforts are uh, 
they have payback, mm-hmm. not just to the commissioner himself, right. but they have payback to the benefit of the whole county. Yeah. How do you feel like the county's done with their financial responsibilities? Well, uh, overall, it seems to me there's there's been uh, financial reasonable things done. The concern is there's no extra money, so uh, there needs to be additional research, I guess, but... In excess of $100,000 for this lawsuit, uh, I don't think that's fiscally responsible. Okay. Uh, Again, (laughs) if I felt that strongly, uh, rather than spend taxpayer money, I would go, well, I as an individual need to sue the city for what they're doing, but but not to use money that was supposed to go for roads and bridges and county maintenance and equipment and yeah. salaries and all yeah. that thing. So. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, one of the reasons, you know, I think a, a lot of people that are fiscally conservative have been um, happy that there's been some budgets and some goals that have been met um, that they seem to have met. And I have not looked at any of the details, right? Like, but well, I, it's a I full see. page spread today in the newspaper. Okay. The yeah. I haven't, I haven't read today's. I oh. need to, I need to read today's. Okay. Um, so, you know, when you look at um, some of the changes that you feel like you feel like need to be made, you talk about unifying, um, becoming more of a cheerleader um, as far as as those those um, I wouldn't call them extracurricular, but they're they're items of governance that uh, actually impact the feeling and, and how people experience Bonner County. Mm hmm. You know, um, what are some other what are some other things that you kind of feel drawn to pursue and as commissioner? Uh, a big one right now with the virus is okay. is safety. Uh-huh. Um, so I have quite a belief as a teacher and an educator in science. Mm-hmm. And if I have a question on science or medicine, I'm going to go see a, a doctor or a scientist and and appreciate their expert advice. Uh, if I have a question on a used car, that's that's different, but <laughs> but not with yeah, but not with science. Yeah, so yeah. I, I'm uh, I think as a leader, as a county commissioner, that needs to be put out as this is how we approach the virus or any other health related issue or science okay. issue, uh, pollution, whatever mm-hmm. it might be that we respect the people at Panhandle Health District, we respect the doctors, we respect the medical people, and we might not blindly follow them, but those are experts, many of whom have spent decades, sometimes their entire life, uh, learning about these things, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So that would, be, that would be a priority for me, is okay. to convey that respect and mm-hmm. uh, guidance. Yeah, yeah, good. Um, when you look at um, the campaigning process, what are you looking forward to the most? Like, what what kind of what do you look forward to with campaigning for county commissioner? Um, November third and a victory. Okay, that's a great answer. That's a solid. That's solid. I like that. Uh, the lead up is uh, is amazing because. Th- to get acquainted 
we all have family. Well, I should know about all of us. Most of us have families, and we have yeah. obligations, and a lot of us are wor- still working, and, uh-huh. yeah. and there's all those daily things. And then for people to take the extra step and say, you know, there's something beyond my immediate self that is also important, and I can't give up one to do the other, but I can, but I can do something. Okay. And so people, uh, mine is a very low budget uh, campaign effort. And so everybody's a volunteer and it's yeah. just, uh, it, it's kind of, uh, not reassuring. Uh, it's an affirmation kind of, of, mm-hmm. of people willing to do things that they aren't required to do. Okay. Yeah. 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 For the common good. What's the thing that you're most not looking forward to? Uh, I have a real problem with optimism. Uh, it's maybe a genetic defect. My dad was a real positive person. <laughs> My mom's a real positive person. So we <laughs> we just, I, I think I don't have that gene or something. Okay, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. I um, hope it's not a hide, hide my head in the sand kind of thing, yeah, but it's, uh, yeah. it's something that I uh, just don't spend much time on. I, give good. me a little bit and maybe I'll come uh, yeah. up with something. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, no worries, no worries. Um, so one of the big issues that seems to be coming up, um, and there was, a, there was a change in the um, kind of the course of, of code with RV on lots and uh, as residences, um, and, and um, seems like we've got a housing issue here in our region. Um, and obviously you've, uh, you know, building the sheds, you probably have some conversations with people about housing situations, housing issues. What do you kind of see as being the biggest issue right now as far as housing goes? Affordability. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's just, I, I really don't know how people can save fast enough to, uh, to afford a a lot or especially a lot of people want five acres they want a log cabin on five acres with a shop bless their heart that's that's mm-hmm. what i <laughs> and a creek running through it and and it just uh, you're looking at uh you know you're looking between 50 and 150 thousand yep. dollars for five acres and how are people how can they do that but most people are are not out there i guess looking for that but it's uh it's still an affordability issue in town because I, I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, when I was teaching in the summertime, if I wasn't taking classes, I would uh, build houses and okay, and so we built really nice houses on a nice lot, and we were able to sell them for like uh, hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Well, it's pretty much double that <laughs> now, yeah. and it's uh, and I don't think that the. Uh, wages have caught up with have, that have caught up with, have caught yeah. up with that even with even with both both people working sometimes yeah. yeah well um you know the demographics of sandpoint is changing pretty mm-hmm. rapidly and we've we've seen uh, the department of labor uh, put out recent statistics showing that bonner county is the fastest growing reti- retirement mm-hmm. county in the state mm-hmm. um, and so we've got a huge influx of people that have cash Mm-hmm. 
and that are retiring mm-hmm. into the most beautiful landscape on the planet. Yeah. And I'll say that hands. Down. I, I mean, I've traveled quite a bit. I've never, I mean, I've seen awe inspiring things, but like to live here, it's pretty awesome to cross that bridge with a little snow on the mountain Come on. and a train going oh across the train gosh. bridge. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like a portal to heaven. It's yeah. beautiful. So with that, um, with the change in the demographics, do you have any any ideas on solutions for how do we how do we start creating affordability? Any ideas on that? Well, uh, I remember going to a teachers convention in Squaw Valley, okay, which is a pretty high end, mm-hmm. the immediate yeah. area, yeah, uh, as a ski resort kind of place. And uh, excuse me here, yeah, no worries. Um. And right outside of Squaw Valley, I think it's called Haley, there's yep. some there's some little towns, <laughs> kind of like Kootenai and maybe Ponderay, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that uh, are full of single wide trailers, or mm-hmm. uh, and that's where the people who work have to mm-hmm. live. So, I I don't know how you turn a fifty thousand dollar lot into something that's affordable. Um, that's a tough one. Yeah, I yep. I think you can encourage wages but commissioners really don't have any direct power mm-hmm. oh one thing i think we can do uh since i'm an educator i've got kind of a Great. thing about education that's good <laughs> is uh most companies i believe that are up and coming and and viable value education for their people especially their mid-management and management <laughs> people and one of the first things they look at in I've been told by real estate people, and I think I've personally observed, is they want to know what kind of education will my kids, if I decide to relocate here, be it Quest or Lighthouse or whoever, That's a uh, big deal. Are, my, are my kids going to get a good education uh-huh. here? And so, again, even though commissioners do not have a direct impact on that, things that commissioners could do extracurricular, as you said, sure, I yeah. think could... There's a better word than that, I think. <laughs> I'm sure there is. Yeah. Uh, uh, would would be would be a beneficial long term yeah uh yeah short term i don't know if there's any golden things unless there's some uh unless there's some opportunities and grants evidently part of yeah transitional housing yeah, part is, of what we do uh, yeah. yeah yeah well and <clears throat> transitional housing is interesting because it's short term um, and it's going from homeless to either a full-time rental or owning. Um, and I think that um, one of the ideas that I um, had a conversation with with someone at the county um, just recently was to identify the top three places to begin changing zoning um, so that you could squeeze more houses into some areas of that that would allow for a little more density Hmm. because you know when you look at when you look at um, the the issue of of affordability we look at the price of the land well how can we reduce the price of the land well we might have to have less land you know might have to shorten up or or you know bring some sizes down a little bit and create some whether it's a um, you know a public utility district or or different things like that mm-hmm. ways to develop that can bring the overall costs down tremendously we don't have an appetite for that up here at this time Not yet. but <laughs> but that's right because you can encourage it I think so. You can encourage it. And it doesn't have and to I think look like Post Falls. Right. And I think especially if 
if it's encouraged and and it shows families moving in mm-hmm. uh, with kids mm-hmm. and long term mm-hmm. looking ahead in the future, yep. uh, and they realize these are just not transient mm-hmm. people that are going to cause a bunch of trouble. Mm-hmm. That these, uh, in fact, since you brought that up, uh, it doesn't make a huge dent, but it was it was meaningful to us when I was at LPO. Uh, one of the students' uh, parents. Well, mother actually applied for a Habitat Humanity, mm-hmm. and uh, they just opened up a new Schistler. Uh, Schistler Meadows. Okay, Schistler yep. Meadows, and so uh, we went out there as a group one weekend, the teachers, and we painted it and Love cleaned it. it up and made it. And then, like it was only maybe six weeks later, they moved in, and we had a big open house celebration kind yeah, of thing. That's and great. so. So I think, and there were three daughters, three girls, and the mother, and uh, and that was just a real good feeling. And a uh, maybe there's not one big solution. Maybe there's a bunch of smaller steps that would help. Yeah, I I think so. I think so, and I think you're right that um, um, we need leadership that will cheerlead solutions mm-hmm. and advocate. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for those types and of solutions. And I think solutions. people are hungry for that. I think people would rather smile than frown. <laughs> I think they would rather shake hands than, than throw yep. a rock. Yep. I really do. I think yep. most people are that way. Mm-hmm. Or elbow bump in, in COVID. <laughs> oh, that's right. In yeah. the COVID, uh, <laughs> Certainly. COVID territory. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I, I, I think that um, uh, I am an, always an optimist as well so Hmm. you know it's kind of fun sitting next to another one (laughs) Uh, but one of the things that i i think um is likely to happen soon is that some individuals whether they're in government or they're in uh private sector or whatever are going to start um really unifying our 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 area because i don't i don't think for sandpoint in bonner county i don't think that that what's happening right now can be maintained long term. Oh. The divisiveness, yeah, um, because it it really is unpleasant for everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe it happens after the election, or maybe it happens in twenty twenty four. Maybe there's an opportunity for everyone to calm down a little bit, you know, because mm-hmm. it seems to me like a lot of the division is around national politics, mm-hmm. not and and which impacts how we view things locally, but. Um, it seems like there's a lot of division on a lot of, a lot of levels right now. Um, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be good to be good to see some, some shifts and all that. Um, so what, what's your, your run in the shed, help, uh, the help shed and the shed dealer, right? The shed dealer. Right. What, now, what, now, what, now we just sell the sheds actually the, oh, okay. They're, it's a national company out of oh, Tennessee. Oh, okay. Great. And so they, uh. So you're just uh, yeah. So they have dealerships all over the country, four or five hundred, and uh, so the closest place that they're made, uh, there's an agreement with the Mennonites, evidently, and there's a Mennonite crew in Thompson Falls, Montana, and so come our on. sheds, our sheds come from there. Come on, that's great. That's great. And and so you do that. What else? What else you got your fingers in? Uh, Obviously, you live well, on a farm. As so soon as I you. finish here, I'm going to go out and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, finish baling a hayfield. Uh, okay. I put up round bales. Okay. I used to do growing up like almost everybody here in the summertime. You worked as a kid bucking, uh-huh. bucking the little Buck, rectangular yeah. square bales. 
Uh, but all my yeah. all my kids and grandkids suddenly have other things to do, <laughs> and so the round bales I can do all by myself on the tractor with okay. the loader, and okay. so uh, that's that's how I do the hands. So uh, yeah, that and fencing and cutting firewood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. And feeding them in the winter time. So retirement doesn't feel like retirement, or does it? No, feel like- no. In fact, I I think I'm like a lot of people. I'm scared to death of retirement. I've heard all these stories about when you sell your chainsaw and give up your tractor, then you got three months left to live. You know, <laughs> I don't. So don't do that. Don't so do don't that. do that. Yeah, that's no. awesome. That's awesome. Um, so any any kind of final thoughts about obviously elections at November third? Um, you know, how can people get information about you? So what? I've got a website. Okay. Uh, uh, Steve Johnson Commissioner. Uh, oh, one plug I want to put in very strongly okay. is uh, it's a little confusing to people because there are three commissioner districts in the county, in yes. Bonner County. Yeah. However, since a commissioner represents everybody, mm-hmm. regardless of where they live, then everybody in the county votes for every position in mm-hmm. the commissioner. So even though I'm from District 1, which is south of the Long Bridge, people in Priest River, Clark Fork, Sandpoint, everybody votes in that election. Yeah. So would I like to have no confusion on that? Yep. So you don't have to live south of the bridge to do vote not, for you. No. Live okay. anywhere in Bonner County. But you do have to be a registered voter. Okay. And Great. Uh, fortunately, I think, uh, we've got a real good elections department here mm-hmm. who actually want as many people as possible to be involved and That's be great. voting. So website will be in the links below on the show. Mm-hmm. So oh. on the show notes. Thank so you. Uh, we have, um, whether it's Facebook, YouTube, or they listen to it on a podcast, mm-hmm. uh, we put all the information in the show notes so they can, if they're curious, they can okay. click on the link. Um, and then there's some discussion that uh, Ben Olson at the Reader uh-huh. uh, may, and maybe you're part of it too, I don't know, uh, might put on a forum, uh, not knowing for sure if it would be virtual like a zoom or if it would be in person but yeah but that's a possibility also yeah usually that's krfy which is the local radio station mm-hmm. and chris bessler from kiyoki mm-hmm. and the reads ben olson from the reader usually put those on so mm-hmm. that's not mine um but um I, i'm glad that we had a chance to talk about some yeah things that are uh, you're feeling passionate about running for commissioner so good any last thoughts for the people watching today um well, I'd like you to look at the website. Think about if uh, you are pleased with what's happening in our county, and if you're not pleased, that you have an alternative and you have a choice. Mm-hmm. And uh, hope that you're registered to vote. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Steve. Well, thank you very much for coming on today. We appreciate it. Okay, and thank you. All right. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can find out more about this podcast at bonnerbreakdown.com. You can also support this show and get personal video updates and thoughts from our host at patreon.com slash Bonner Breakdown. Thank you for joining us in the conversation.